This episode of the A-List podcast is brought to you by betonline.ag and indeed.com. Welcome into the A-List podcast. I'm Kwani A. Lunish, joined by Gary Washburn. We're switching it up today because y'all are so popular and have flights to get on, but we're going to recap the Celtics performance in game five, and we'll start with what you thought about the way they lost to the Warriors in the Bay Area. Wow. I mean, I was just, it was just a disappointing effort if you're a Celtic fan or you follow this team all year. The way they came out down 24 to eight, like the biggest game of their career. This is it. Like, this is where you make your money. This is where you get all the endorsements. This is where you get to brag that, you know, you, you're one of the greats, you know, and you, this is what makes Boston immortality. You win a championship. So a chance to take control, retake control of the series, respond from game four, and you fall behind 24 to eight. You just play like you're not there, like a summer league game. And then obviously the great third quarter, they flip the script. And then just toward the end of the third quarter, they started slipping again. Like they were up a couple of times with the ball up five points. Like, hey, make it eight. Like extend the lead. Put, start trying to put them away. Put the Warriors in a hole. Mm-hmm. And instead, they messed around with the game. Turnovers. I think Grant had back-to-back turnovers. And then Jordan Poole hits a 30-footer. Then he hits that buzzer beater. Clay, like, then all of a sudden bad things started happening. And in the fourth quarter, they were done. They're t- they were tired. They got nothing from Derek White, nothing from Grant Williams, and nothing from Peyton Pritchard. So, I mean, it's just hard to imagine them coming back. I mean, and as much as, like, you think they can, and they've, they, they've beaten the Warriors twice already, so they have the recipe. But it just it – just, game three seems like a month ago right now. And you mentioned those turnovers, 18 of those turnovers in game five resulted in 22 points for the Warriors. What are they doing on offense that they keep losing the ball? And how do they emphasize the fact that they need to protect it? Like you can't lose that many points off of turnovers. It's crazy. It's the same stuff. Like Marcus Smart throws like a lob inside, just flips a lob to Jalen with like three defenders on him. And of course it gets deflected and a fast break. The first play of the game, Jason throws the ball over Marcus's head out of bounds. Like, mm-hmm. it's not even, like, amazing Warriors defense. You, like, you don't have Gary Payton, uh, original Gary Payton out yeah. here at the glove where he's stealing balls or Jimmy Butler reading passing lanes. And, and, like, you don't have, like, one premium great defender out there just causing havoc. You have a solid, a very good defense, and then the Celtics dribble into trouble. Jalen dribbles in the trouble, draws three defenders. Oh, uh, let me just throw it out somewhere. Interse- like, like this is like peewee league ball. Like, this is stuff high school teams don't do. This is not like exceptional defense that things are just not working out. This is just being careless. And I don't know what Eme can do about that. I don't know what anybody can do besides themselves to, like, take care of the ball. Don't dribble into traffic. No, don't throw that pocket pass. That has very little chance of getting to the – yeah, if it, if it gets there, it's a dunk. If it doesn't, it's a turnover. Like, you can't do the, like, you know, hell or he- heaven or hell thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't do the whole, like, if, we, if this misses, it's probably going to be a fast break dunk for the Warriors. But if it makes it, we'll get a dunk. Like, no, just take care of the ball. And if you miss a shot – 
then you get get back on defense or you met, you know, like make for sound decisions. Stop doing the like this is not and one mixtape. Stop that stuff. And unfortunately, Kwani, like I don't know if this team can do that. It was they were piling up. They they cut them down in the second quarter, and all of a sudden they started picking them up at the end of the third quarter. And I get it. Like people want to say they're officiating, but let's be honest. This is what happened. The Celtics lost by 10 points. They committed 18 turnovers and missed 10 free throws. Like Golden State scored 104 points. And if you ask Eme today, tomorrow, yesterday, he's going to say, that's fine. We'll take the Warriors, even with Steph was cold, but the other guy stepped up. We'll take them scoring 104 points. But the Celtics have scored 94. 97 and 88 points in the three losses. That's the key. The offense has been terrible in the losses. And I do want to read a, a little part of your global column that actually your colleague, Dan Shaughnessy, tweeted out. And I thought it was very telling and it's very obvious. The Celtics are just blowing this. They're lacking mental toughness. They're letting everything, every outside distraction affect them while the Warriors just keep trucking. It's a shame because when they're engaged and focused, the Celtics are the more talented team. And in game five, what would you say was the biggest factor to them not being able to come out with a win? Well, I think, I just think they got discouraged. And then the officiating, Marcus Smart, you know, like, okay, the, the sequence. Marcus Smart gets, I didn't get a, a chance to get a really good look at the play with clay or the clay like really pushed him off or was it a flop i i can't say whether you know marcus does flop so it could have been a flop and it could have been marcus's history of flopping coming back to haunt him when he really got fouled okay because that's what happens when you flop when you flop too much Rep- officials are yeah, like reputation. okay we're gonna get you next time you're gonna really hit and we're gonna be like no you flopped so that play then the Marcus technical foul after Draymond fouled, you got a foul for your team, your team. The Celtics got the foul. Like, okay, let's play ball. Marcus gets a tech. And then the Jordan pool flop where he did the whole, oh my God, you know, like on the inbounds where Marcus swung his hand, pool did that. And then, oh, am I bleeding? Am I bleeding? You know, y'all doesn't have them. Like, no. You know, look, put in, do, look at your hand. Am I bleeding? Hey, everybody, am I bleeding? You know, I mean, he really, he really carried that one out. I mean, he, he, and then it's just like, that's when they started losing it. And then Grant Williams. And you know what, Kwame, I'm going to say this. Like, that whole thing with Draymond trying to stop Jason from shooting after the, after the timeout, like, Jason talks all this St. Louis stuff. Go St. Louis on him. He talk about the hood. Sam from St. Louis. Mm-hmm. You know, and I get it. St. Louis tough place. Got you. Jason, get mad. Get mad. Like, dude, don't, don't do that. I don't care who you are. Like, I get it. You, you guys are teammates on Team USA. This is not Team USA. That's a year ago now. Okay? That was Japan 2021. Like, you are enemies at this point. Yeah, y'all will make up in the offseason, I'm sure. But no, say, Draymond, don't do that, bro. Don't, don't know. Like, don't do that. Get mad. Like, Jason's got to get pissed here. His legacy is on the line. If this ends like it's a, it is, he's going to be like, well, he didn't get it done when it counted, so he ain't no top 10 player. He top 15. He's going to be Paul George. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's, if you want Paul George, because people ask, look, look, look what they're saying about Devin Booker. 
Well, Devin couldn't carry his team to the championship. Mm-hmm. Darren, Devin didn't step up in a big game seven against Dallas. What do they say about Paul George? Like, you want to be in that category where you're very, 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 very good player, but not quite great? Okay. Uh, Jason wants different for himself. So for me, they got to get pissed. They got to push back. They can't let Draymond get into their heads. And I just think they got so focused on officials. Eme got a tech. And again, it was not a well-officiated game. But, Kwani, the Celtics attempted twice as many free throws as the Warriors. So, but you missed 10 of them damn things. So, you should not be missing free throws. That's your in fault. A that's your fault. <laughs> that's your fault, man. Yeah. No fault. 18 turnovers and 10 missed free throws. And then you wonder why you lost? Like, it was, that's a thing. The Warriors had seven turnovers. Seven. That's it. So they play efficient ball. You don't see them taking crazy chances. Steph might get a little careless here and there, but they don't take no crazy chances. They rely and trust their offense. And as I said in the article, they keep trucking. The Celtics, oh, it's a ref's fault. Oh, I should have gotten this call. Oh, I got hit here. Oh, you see this red mark? Like, no, play ball. This is the finals, man. This is where the rubber meets the road. You got to do something different. You mentioned Jason needing to get angry. And I, I, I've brought this up on a podcast before, but I'm going to bring it up again. Do you think the keys were given to him to the kingdom that is the Boston Celtics organization too early? Because this pressure has been put on him. Jalen Brown has quite frankly been the more dominant Celtics player as of now. So I think there's this pressure on top of the fact that he's not even able to get angry. I think, well, I want to hear what you think. Do you think he's been given the kingdom too soon. I think his, I think his maturity is happening. Okay. I think he's become more vocal to the media. He's, but I think he's still a very laid back dude who likes to just play ball, which is fine. That's okay. You don't have to be a killer. Giannis ain't no like in your face. Yeah. fool. like Giannis just kills you slowly. Like Steph is Steph celebrates. Like you can, you don't have to be, MF, you don't have to be a tough guy all the time. But when dudes are challenging you like Draymond did, you got to get mad. You got to get like, dude, Jay, like, we ain't doing this no more, bro. Like, no, say something back. You saw Al Horford get mad. Yeah, like, say something. (laughs) They're challenging because the Celtics want to play pretty boy ball. They want to hit the threes. The, the, the Warriors and Draymond realize like they need to be challenged in the in, in here in the heart. And some guys in the NBA don't have the biggest hearts. That's just the way it is. Some guys have big hearts and not all the talent. And some guys have big hearts and big talent. What is where is Jason at this point? I'm not saying he doesn't have heart. I'm not saying that. Yeah. He does have heart, but he's got to get mad. He's got to put the damn team on his back. And go, it's my game, fellas. Take, I'm taking you with me. What Jimmy Butler did in game six against Miami, we ain't losing, bro. We ain't losing. Like, that's what he's got to be in game six in Boston. I'm not getting, I'm not watching him celebrate on my floor. That's his floor. Right. That's his floor, right? That's his court. He that's his house, as Dwayne Way used to say. Yeah. Uh they're not celebrating in our house. They're not celebrating in Boston. They're not, they're not doing all that. They're not drinking champagne at some local club in Boston that night. None of that. We're going to go back to San Francisco. You see what happens then. That's what Jason's got to do. 
And we've all said, well, this is defining game of Jason. I've said it. This is the defining yeah. game five. Defining game. It has been. But this is it. This really is the real one. I'm, I'm, I'm real serious now. Yeah. I ain't playing no more. Like, <laughs> this is this is, this is is what has to happen. Jason has to be like, felt. it can't be no, like, nine for 23 and complain about calls. And he missed four free throws. Like, four free throws in terms of, like, two, like, both times he went to the free throw line three separate times on fouls. Two of the times he missed both free throws. That's here. Jason is a 87% free. That's here. Yeah. The crowd was going him. He he looked a little razzled. He looked calm, but after that first shot, you're like, all right, clearly this crowd is getting to you. It's something like, you know, that's concentration. Like the, like just critical. He got to the line finally in the fourth quarter. And it was, he's like, okay. He missed both free throws. I think they were down eight or whatever. I could have made it six. And it's just like, nope. I mean, they, if they're, they're their own worst enemy. The Warriors are playing well. Emei's getting out coached. That's just a damn truth. Mm-hmm. Steve Kerr saw something after game three. Defensively is adjusted. The Warriors have scored, the Celtics have scored 97 and 94 points in the next two games. So what's Emei going to do adjustment-wise? And what's Tatum and Brown going to do? Like, I just want to see what they're going to do. Jalen was five. Jalen was awful. He started out two for 11. Like, he was five for 18. He, he just, he was bad. And Jason was solid 27 and 10. But that was his best game. Yeah. Best. Yes. But right they didn't need 27 and 10. They needed 40 and 15. Yeah. They needed, like, they needed That's Steph. Steph Curry game. If you're that guy. And a lot of say, I'm that guy. I'm I'm the best player in the league. Like, these dudes like to talk that. Mm-hmm. But let's see you what you can do. Let's see you do a Jimmy Butler. Let's see you do a LeBron in 2012. Care, say to your team, fellas, they're not winning this game. And if you want to say it to us, go ahead. They're not winning this game. They're not celebrating on our floor. They're not partying in Boston at some club. You know probably what, where they're going to go. Um after the game six more than I do, because I don't get out like that no more. But, uh, yeah, Kwana, you know. Anyway, they're going to go some spot and pop bottles. Yeah. They're not doing that here. Nope. The NBA trophy is going to be in bought at the Garden. That's We're going to fly that thing right back to San Francisco. Yeah. Like, that's what you have to say. And then you get it done on the floor. Like, I don't want to hear, well, you know, we feel like, no, no. Like, this is – all that BS talk is over. Like, get it done. And protecting the parquet should be the bare minimum, obviously. It, like you said, you don't want to be – God forbid, if they lose game seven, wouldn't you rather do that when you know you fought to the highest capability? You took person. them to the limit. Yeah. You can say, hey, we, you know, it's nothing wrong. It's nothing uh, terrible about losing a game seven. Yeah. Now – it all how you lose the game seven if you if you had a lead okay, Vomit, okay yeah. if, that could happen but if you take them to the limit I don't think Celtic fans are going to be like oh this team sucks or this they failed if they lost to uh, a dynasty quote quote unquote in game seven on the road they'll say this is what they can do to improve but this is your chance like funny do you realize like oh whoa they can come back again next year it's not that yeah, right like. Milwaukee's going to be back with a healthy Chris Middleton. Miami's going to be back. Miami. Miami going to have a chip on their shoulder. Phoenix might be back. 
on the Philadelphia, left. We all know what they're going to do. Brooklyn, you know, like all these teams. <laughs> not Brooklyn. Oh, let's, let's Cle- not. <laughs> yeah, well, hold on. Maybe. <laughs> like Cleveland. We don't <laughs> yeah. know Cleveland's going to be young yeah. and up and coming. Like there are teams that are going to be raring to get at the Celtics and take their spot. So you can't assume that, oh, they'll, they'll be back next year, no problem. It, you'd like to think so, but what happened with Phoenix? Remember, Phoenix was supposed to come back. Mm-hmm. Milwaukee wanted, had every intention of repeating. Like, things happen. You can't let this just slip away and go, oh, well, we're young. We'll be back. No. I mean, sometimes you won't get back. And so they, this, is, this is it. Game six is, again, the biggest game of these guys' careers. What they going to do about it? I want to get your thoughts on game six, but before we do that, I have to give some love to betonline.ag. They're our partners and the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports information. I was actually talking to a coworker earlier today, and I'm generally not a better for games, but BetOnline would be your go-to source for game six. This is the one where everything's on the line for the Boston Celtics. They have all the odds, news, and sports development, including, of course, the NBA Finals, NHL Hockey Conference Finals, Major League Baseball, and all the other fighting news, and even next season's early NLF futures. So BetOnline, your continued source for all your sports wagering information. If you haven't used the code CLNS50, you can sign on and get that welcome bonus for 50% off of your first deposit. BetOnline, where the games start. So Gary... Game six at the TD Garden, everything's on the line. Who do you need to step up and what exactly do you want to see from the Boston We're Celtics? About, we can obviously say Tatum and Brown, but let's be honest. Everybody. The reason the Warriors won in game five with, a, with Steph being w- well below par mm-hmm. was Gary Payton Jr. and Jordan Poole combined for 29 points. Gary Payton Jr. had 15 points off the bench. That was critical. What is the average in the series? Four? Like, he mm-hmm. just... He hit a three. He scored at the rim. He scored in transition. He got those. He got that fraudulent foul on Grant Williams where he tripped over his own two mm-hmm. feet. Like, and I understand you can blame the officials for that. That was a terrible call. You know, he 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 did the whole. Oh, he got me. He got shot from behind and ended up that he tripped over his own two feet and threw the ball in the air. Like, oh, he got me in the back. Like, you know, that was the key. Peyton and Poole. And then Draymond had eight. So 37 points combined from three guys. Pools had his struggles, but it's been okay. Peyton and Draymond combined for 23 points. And Andrew Derek Wiggins White, breakout game. Huh? huh? And, the and eight, Derek, Andrew Wiggins. And Wiggins would have would have would have very good game. Yeah. Which is not gonna happen every game, obviously. No, but no. Pritchard consider him. Grant and Derek White had four points combined. Pritchard didn't score. He missed three open threes. He may pull them. Grant had an and one and Derek White hit a free throw. Like what that's one field goal from those three guys. Mm-hmm. And you wonder why Jalen and Jason are tired. They're not getting they holding help. the team on their back. Yes. <laughs> Al, Al is you can't depend on Al to score 15 to 20 points a game. Marcus had 23. Okay, or 20 points. I'm sorry. Marcus had 20 points. So he did okay in terms of scoring. Okay. Uh, other things he struggled. He had he had a tough night. But if I'm, the, they got to get something out of um, Pritchard, Grant, and White. Derek White was brought over here. Like the Celtics gave up a really? lot for this guy. I don't think people understand it. I think they do. But it's like they gave up literally 
a first round pick, a swap, and Josh Richardson and Romeo. Romeo isn't wasn't you know isn't great. You know they were looking to get rid of him, but like they gave up Josh Richardson, who I thought was pretty good this year, mm-hmm. right? I mean, to me, that Derek White's got to step up. One point, he was a minus thirteen over four, over three for three, like three assists, one steal, like he he was terrible. You know, I mean, Pritchard played five minutes, missed all three threes. Eme is like, dude, you're done. Grant Williams was a minus 18 in the 16 minutes. Yikes. Three points, three, like, they're not getting anything from those guys. Luke Cornett had three points, as much as Grant and, and more than Pritchard and freaking Derek White. Like, that can't happen. Derek White's got to be better. The Warriors had 31 points from their bench. I mean, the Celtics, for the main guys, had four. Like, that's where you lost the game. Horford, Why do you think the bench hasn't been productive? Because I think, it's I don't know. Like, Grant, Grant is just, this is not his series to score, okay? Derek White, they're leaving him open, and he's missing shots. And he's getting good looks. He's, he had three nice looks. He's missing the shots, he yeah. Missed all three. He had 0 for 4, 0 for 3 in 21 minutes. And then they're not taking a lot of shots. Horford took six shots. Robert Williams in 30 minutes took five shots. You know, Marcus took 15 shots. Jason took 20. Jalen took 18. So they didn't, they, they didn't, they weren't terrible. They shot 41%, 34 from three, the 10 missed free throws. So you're not cashing in on those free points, and then you're not getting anything from your bench. So yeah, as I've said, they scored 94. 97 and 88 points in the three losses. The common denominator is their offense has been terrible in the three losses as opposed to the two wins. So their offense, it's their offense. I think defensively they've been fine. Okay. Steph, seven for 22, 0 for nine, but he was a plus 15 because other guys were stepping up. Mm-hmm. Clay, 21 points. I mean, he had five threes. Like you don't want to let Clay open that much. And have take 11 threes. He hit five of them. But I, I just thought the key was Poole and Peyton. 29 combined points. I mean, to me, that was the key. The Celtics to win game three, six, 20. Got to have something from their bench. And then it's on Eme. I'm going to put a lot of this on Eme. Come up with some strategies to get your guys open for shots. Either play a deeper roster. If you got to do some Daniel Tice minutes or Aaron Neesmith got to play six or seven minutes to play like, you know, hair on your fire kind of defense, then do it because you got to give you, you can't go 45 each with everybody and expect them to be fresh in the fourth. Like you've got to trust the guys that you have there. You know, even if I'm, and I was talking about this with someone last night, even if it's like throwing like Sam Hauser out there or Stauskas yeah. to stretch the floor and hit a three or two, like, you know what? Those guys are shooters. And they're in the league for a reason. That's reason. the thing that I like. Always, I get yeah. it. You don't want you don't trust the fun. I get it, but yes. you have to do something. The Warriors are playing 10 players, not significant minutes, but meaningful minutes. Mm-hmm. Right? 10, they've gone to 10 guys. Otto Porter, Belicia, Belicia, how you pronounce his name? I <laughs> Can't even say his Belichia. name. <laughs> yes. Um Gary Payton II, Poole, mm-hmm. you know, they they are going 10 players in their in their arsenal. 
They're beating the Celtics with their death. You know, and they haven't even played Kaminga and Moses Moody. They don't trust those guys. They're young. I get it. But they have played guys significant minutes in this series 10. And, you know, and Iguodala, when he's been healthy, Iguodala hasn't been great, but he came off the bench four minutes. He had two assists. Looney had three assists. Like they, they fall into the plan. Peyton at five rebounds and three steals in 26 minutes. Like they're doing the little things. And the Celtics aren't doing the little things. Grant Williams, two turnovers in 16 minutes. Um, you know, Derek White, just a, you know, one point, one steal, three assists in 21 minutes. Like you got to make more of an impact. If not, you can't Jalen and Jason gonna have to go for 50 each, I guess. Yeah. That's the only option. <laughs> well, if y'all haven't read Gary Washburn's column on the bostonglobe.com website or the physical paper, definitely check it out. Basically, more of the story, there's no room for errors or excuses now. And that's what game six is gonna boil down to. Gary, I'm gonna let you off free now because now we're gonna hear from Sherrod. By the time this podcast, we are back on this podcast next week. I think we're going to know who won this. I imagine we're going to we know. Serious. So best of luck to them. <laughs> All right, but let's hear from Sherrod and hear what he has to say now. All right, and joining me now live from the airport is Sherrod. I'm telling you, this podcast never sleeps. We get it done by any means necessary. Sherrod just flew in from the Bay Area, so you're fresh on the ground. You are <laughs> very much aware of what just went down in game five. Let's hear what, what your perspective was on this. Well, I, I, I was hoping that game five was just like one of those bad dreams from those old, you know, dramedies back in the day where it's not real. You wake up and you're just like, okay, that didn't happen, but it did happen. The Celtics 7-0, you know, when coming off losses, uh, anticipating that they'll find a way to win in the Bay and they just didn't get it done. And then there's a long laundry list of reasons why. Uh, Jalen Brown didn't shoot the ball well. Marcus Smart had more mental blunders than I think he's had in any game up to this point. Ime Udoka lost his cool a little bit. Uh, Jason Tatum statistically had a great game, had a good game, but they didn't need good game Tatum. They needed great game Tatum, and they didn't get that. 27-10, uh, four assists, nice game. But again, to win on the road against a, just a veteran championship caliber team like Golden State, they really needed him to deliver more than he did. Uh, and so, again, game five, if you're the Celtics, you know, it was a, a lost opportunity in many respects. But this team is, you know, just what we think we haven't figured out, they throw us a curveball like they did in game five. And just like everything is pointing toward them, calling it a day, season a wrap in game six, I don't think anyone would be surprised if they found a way to win game six and bring it back to the Bay for a decisive winner takes all game seven. So all of those flaws aside, because like you mentioned, there were a lot, including those 18 turnovers. It was just a hot mess overall. What would you say was the biggest red flag that stood out to you? I think the biggest red flag was just the lack of impact that they got from those around Jason Tatum. If Jason Tatum plays that way and most of the guys around him play their normal games. The Celtics, at a minimum, make that game a lot closer and probably win it. So I was a little disappointed that so many of the players around him struggled 
that. Jalen Brown was five for 18. They got four points off the bench between Peyton Pritchard, between Derek White and, and Grant Williams. Uh, you know, Al Horford had a couple of nice moments, but for the most part, he was a non-factor. Uh, Rob Williams, again, I thought looked pretty good, but there were moments in the game, particularly in the second half, where I thought Rob, a healthy Rob Williams would not have just come out and just stand there in position to contest the shot. He actually would have left his feet, tried to block it, or at least contest it with his hands. I thought there were a couple of moments like that, particularly when he got switched off on clay, uh, where, I, again, I, I thought Rob could have been a little bit more active and engaged defensively, and he just wasn't. So, to me, the role players around uh, Jason Tatum, I just didn't really think did as good a job as they needed to. And to me, it comes back to just, frankly, handling your business and putting in that work. And speaking of putting in that work, shout out to our good friends at Indeed.com. No one has a business like yours with all its strengths and challenges. To succeed, you need a hiring partner that adapts to your needs. You need Indeed. It's a hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place, which is huge because, as you know, we're, we live in kind of a, you know, one shop takes care of everything type of world. And Indeed certainly recognizes that and sets himself up to help you in that regard. Uh, instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed is powerful hiring partner that can help you do all of that and then some. Uh, so finding great talent faster through time-saving tools like Indeed, their instant March, excuse me, match program assessments and virtual interviews. Bottom line is they get it done like no one else. And if you're listening to this, you get a little extra some something. You save $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash A-list. Indeed.com slash A-list. Save 75 bucks on a sponsored job credit so you can get even more bang for your buck when you're trying to bring in the best and most qualified candidates. As someone who has used Indeed a million and one times, I still get the post from Indeed. And not only do I... You know, for personal reasons, I look at those posts, but I also pass that on to folks who I may know who may be qualified for some of those jobs and not know about them. Uh, so Indeed is a great tool that anyone and everyone should, should try to be part of, particularly if you have a business and you're looking to hire the best and brightest talent. And you don't want to go through all the hoops and hurdles of trying to figure out who should I hire. Indeed takes a lot of that guesswork out of it. And for you, any A-list podcast, you can get a $75, uh, $75 discount. A Indeed.com slash Avis. So Indeed.com takes care of all your needs and then some. And the Celtics, they, they could use a little bit of help with some of their needs because they got a few. Um, game six, Kwani. I don't know how to read this game six. <laughs> me neither. Uh, because, because, because it's like my head is telling me they're done. It's a wrap. Clay, mm -hmm. Steph had his worst game in the series. Hell, didn't make it. Steph Curry had as many, many threes as I did. And that should never happen on, on any plan, in any, in any solar system. And yet, they still wound up losing. And Clay Thompson had a good game, but he didn't have a great one. He had 21 points and made five threes, but he really wasn't, like, dominant. Yeah. Andrew Wiggins had one of his best games ever. Mm -hmm. Gary Payton. Might second be his best bench. game this series. Yeah. Yeah, I, I thought it was. And it might be one of his best games in his career, not in terms of stats, but just in terms of impact on winning when the stakes are really high. I don't know if, he, if, if he's ever had a game that pivotal. Yeah. But that being said, would anyone be surprised if the Celtics went, came out and won by 15, 20 points? I mean, they went down to Miami, a place that had a lot of success at home, and they didn't just win. They won a game seven on the road. 
Mm-hmm. Um, the, my concern with the Celtics is that they've found ways to win, but it feels like they've been playing with fire the entire postseason. You know, like losing, a, like having to win uh, a game six at Milwaukee to get a game seven at home. Uh, they should have never gone down 3-2 in that series. Miami, again, another opportunity where they got down and they had their backs against the wall and they found a way to win a game seven on the road in the conference finals, which does not happen very often. And I just don't know how many times they can go to that, come back well and come out well. And Golden State's a different, a different kind of challenge because of their experience, because of their talent and the feeling that they haven't exactly played their best basketball either. And that, to me, is concerned going into a pivotal game six. But again, I think Tatum will be good, but they need the others, those around him to be better. Uh, I think that's the key. And one of probably my biggest disappointment in game five was afterwards when Ime was talking about fatigue uh, and how that may have been a factor. And you look at Jason Tatum's minutes, I think he's like either uh, on pace or has already set like an NBA Finals record for like most minutes or something like that. He's in that conversation, and I get that. But here's the problem with that theory. He played well. The kid, the kid who's been logging all the minutes, he got he, 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 he made it happen. 27 points, 10 rebounds, 4 assists, major minutes, but still his impact was great. Jalen Brown needs to play better. Al Horford needs to play better. Derek White needs to play better. You look at all the guys from two down the line, they all struggle in game five, and they all have to play better if this team is going to force a winner-takes-all game seven in the Bay on Father's Day um, and stop playing this basketball like they let the Golden State Warriors sun them. And we know folks in this generation, they don't like to be sunned. So don't be be sunned by the Golden State Warriors. Handle your business in game six and force that pivotal game seven on Father's Day. But the most resonant quote came from Derek White. He said, if it was easy, it wouldn't be us. And that's why, as frustrating it was to watch game five, you look ahead to game six, and honestly, I was on NBC 10 this morning giving a social recap of the game, and our main anchor, LaToya, asked me, do you think they're going to win game six? I had the longest pause in my face where she was like, you know what? I'm going to get keep hope alive. She's a diehard Celtics fan. But there is that natural hesitation because you've seen this team look before where they can come out of a rut and win, but at the same time, there's a part of you that's like, this is going to be the time where they fumbled a bag and it's over. It, the series is over if you lose on yeah. Thursday. Yeah. I would and, say and no will pressure, be, but, but yes, all the pressure. <laughs> I will say this, though. I mean, my thinking about game six is this. If the Celtics win game six, they're going to win the series. I have, I, I, I'm like 100% that. convinced that if yeah. they can force a game seven in, in the Bay, they're going to win the series. They're going to win the title. And it will be one of the – it will go down as one of the greatest title runs mm-hmm. in franchise history. When you look at who they beat, you look at how they would have had to won the series to, to, to get that championship. And you look at something that, you know, we don't we haven't talked a ton about it, but this is Ime's first go around with this head coaching thing. And and I, I he has had some games where he has not done well. Like, I didn't think he was very good in game five. I think the games where they've lost for the most part, he's been a, he, he's missed an opportunity to, to really kind of change the trajectory of that game. But mm-hmm. looking at his total body of work, if you would have told the average Celtics fan that Ime Yudoka in his first year would get this team to the NBA Finals and within two wins of winning a championship, they would have been like, get the F out of here. Right. That ain't going to happen. There's no way. There's no way. <laughs> yeah. We still, and, and Brad, we trust. And Brad, yeah. we trust. And Brad, and Brad did his thing. He did well. But Ime has taken this group to another level. And I think for them to get over the hump and find a way to win a championship, uh, you have to start looking at him differently. 
uh, as one of the all-time great, certainly one of the all-time great seasons for Celtics. But statistically, and in terms of what matters most of this, this franchise championships, you literally can't do better than what he did. And that's when a championship in your first year, it seldom happens. Uh, but credit to him, credit to, to those players for positioning themselves to where this is even a talking point, that this is a possibility that is very real. Uh, but like I said, if they win game six, I'm absolutely 100% convinced they're going to win this series. Um, I love how insane this – yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. You love how what? No, I was just going to say I love how in sync our podcast is because you basically echoed all the points that Gary made earlier. But the one thing I did want to elaborate on a little bit more is Coach Adoka. What do you think is going to be needed for him, not only in game six, but to really cement the fact that, well, obviously the momentum of the season to follow will be truly his legacy. But how does he cement this series in a way where loss or win it's not seemed as, you know, Boston sports fan, if they lose, it's going to seem like the end of the world, despite the fact that yeah. they made it to the NBA finals for the first time in right. 12 years, it should be a big deal, but Celtics fans are very critical. So how does he coach in these next two games, hopefully to make it apparent that he is this, this good coach for Boston? Well, I think the biggest thing that he has to do is he has to do a better job of managing momentum. And, and by that, I simply mean if Golden State is going on a run, know when to snip that in the bud before it gets out of hand. When his team is going on a run, know how to keep them going to what's working. They have a tendency to do certain things that work and then randomly decide to do something different. Uh, and typically it comes down to ball movement. When they're moving the ball, they're getting great shots. They're making subtle adjustments like Jason Tatum rather than dribble driving, trying to beat a guy going to his right. He will just fake to his right and maybe take a step to his left and realize, oh, crap, they're going to give me that like all day. Little things like that. Marcus Smart doing a better job of recognizing when to find his teammates or when to just frankly back his defender down and then operate as if he's a big working out of the, out of the block. Jalen Brown, recognizing all that real estate in the, between the three-point line and the paint, utilizing that better. You don't have to go all the way to the rim and try to get a lift. Sometimes a little 10, 12, 14 foot jump shot is just as good. Or you might want to throw a little floater game in there where you just hit him with a floater. They need, he, he may need to do a better job of getting them to understand what's working and to keep working that. Uh, and a lot of that, again, is, is just recognizing momentum, knowing how to harness it, and getting them to understand the power and purpose behind his teaching and what he's about and what he's trying to get done. I think sometimes they forget and lose sight of that. He's got to do a better job of really keeping the reins tight with them to understand this is a big deal. You need to do what's working. Don't deviate unless you're forced. The next time we record this pod, we will have figured out who the NBA finals champion is for 2022. Do you have any parting words of wisdom? <laughs> Just get it done. I mean, at, at this point, you want to see both teams play their best. You don't want it to be a series where, you know, the Celtics go out and shoot like 17% from the field and lose by 40 at home and lose the championship. And you don't, if, you know, if, if you're Celtics, you don't want to win game six and then go to the Bay and get blown out by 40 points. You want this, at, at this point, you want this thing to go seven because I think both teams have earned the right for this to go the distance. And, and, I, and again, like I said, if, if the Celtics win game six, I'm convinced that they will win game seven in the Bay. Once again, a special thanks to betonline.ag and indeed.com. Those are our sponsors. Make sure you sign up and use our promo codes for Rob Blakely and Gary Washburn. I'm Kwani A. Lunas, the A-List podcast. We'll be back with the NBA Finals champion next week. We out.